0: Turn to Luke, please, this evening. Luke chapter 17. We've been talking about healing in these Friday evening sessions, as you know, if you've been here for weeks now and months. We've been talking on the subject of receiving and ministering healing. And we're very, uh, very big on the subject of healing around here. We are, uh, confident and fully persuaded that God is still in the healing business and that it is, is His will for all His people to be healed. Somebody said, everybody? Everybody. Yeah, well, everybody's not healed. I know that. But it's still His will for everybody to be healed. All you got to do is look at the new birth. Is it God's will for any to perish? No, then it's His will for all to be saved. Well then are all being saved. No. No. They have something to do with it. Right? But it's still His will. And it is His will that all of His people be healed, free, blessed, strong, prosperous, successful, a good witness. Amen. And just increase in every good thing more and more. Day after day. That's God's will because he's good. But we've been studying one by one the individual cases of healing in the ministry of Jesus. If you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you'll find that there are only about 19 cases of individuals healed recorded. Now, there's a lot more people than that got healed. Sometimes it talks about multitudes were healed in one afternoon. But there's only about 19 Individual passages and cases where we're told who the person was, what was wrong with them, uh, how they came to Jesus, what they said and did, what Jesus said and did, how they received. And let me submit this to you. I want you to think about this. Every person, every, now you understand, every, no exceptions. Every person who ever came to Jesus to be healed, left healed. Every Now, there were times where he went to people and they didn't receive him. And they weren't healed. Uh, In his own hometown, Mark 6, 5 and 6, you know, his own, they they didn't receive him. They didn't believe he was anointed. The Bible said they were offended at him because they said, we know him. This is Joseph's boy. Who's he saying he's anointed? And so he could there do no mighty work, the Bible said. Mark 6, 5 and 6. But... Everybody who came to him to be healed, left healed. Don't you think that says something? Now, there was not one unlucky one. There was not a one that he looked at and said, no, I'm sorry, son, daughter, I'm sorry. It's not my will to heal you. Not a one. Not a one that he looked at and said, no, not now. Maybe later. God's working something out in you. He's teaching you. He's perfect. Not one. Not one. Everybody say, not one. not one. In order for something to be scriptural, what must you have for it? Scriptures. Right? And in order for a doctrine to be scriptural, you must have scripture for it. And there are people that make fun of us, people like me, and, and, and call us, you know, in error because we say very boldly and unapologetically that it is God's will to heal everybody now. They say, oh, no, no, no. No, sometimes, Brother Keith, sometimes it's just not the will of God. Okay, give me Scripture for that. You say, I'm wrong. Your doctrine is correct. Give me Scripture. Why? It's not always the will of God. And show me cases in the ministry of Jesus or in the book of Acts. Show me. Scriptures. Well, they can't. I said they can't. So they are unscriptural. Their doctrine is unbiblical. Amen. But you and I have been camping here in the Bible Hallelujah. week after week yeah. after week. And what have we seen? Yeah. As you've believed, be it to you. Yeah. According to your faith, be it unto you. Yeah. Amen? Amen? Over, 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 over. And we realize that things are not just all up to the will of God. He said it's according to your, will. your faith. So even if it is the will of God, if you don't receive it with faith, you're not going to enjoy it. A lot more is up to us than people have thought for. They want to leave it all up to God. But you can't leave up to God what He's left up to you. So let's go on tonight to our next case of healing in the ministry of Jesus. We're up to number 18. That only leaves uh, 19, is that right? <laughs> Don't be concerned, I've got plans after that. <laughs> but we have studied, I guess, what, 17 previous accounts. And if you haven't been here, especially if you are believing for healing for yourself, it might behoove you to get those tapes and just immerse yourself. In the word concerning healing. You know, faith comes by hearing. But faith is the same, works the same, but it is specific to the area. You can have strong faith for healing and have hardly any faith for prosperity. Or vice versa. You can have strong faith that you're saved and going to heaven, but no faith to be healed. So if you're going to get faith to be healed, it's going to come by hearing, but by hearing what? Hearing the word on healing. Amen. Hearing the word on healing. And, and and you can't get faith from people telling you it might not be God's will to heal you. Did you hear me? That's that's a good way to die. I'm serious. Now, I, I didn't start in this yesterday. I had, uh, what was it, 16, 17 years. I did this every day. That's all I did. Morning, noon, and night in healing school ministering to people, many of them pronounce terminal. And friend, I am convinced that there is nothing too hard for the Lord. We've, I've seen it. I've seen it. I mean, people come too late to tell me, well, all oh, that's passed away. They come too late to tell me. Amen. I've seen it. I've seen deaf ears open up. Amen. I've felt growths this big just go away under my hand. They, you felt them and then they're not. And the person looked at me and said, it's gone. It was, it was a lady and this thing, the big old thing was on her arm. She said, it's gone. I said, I know. She said, where'd it go? I said, I don't know. <laughs> but it's gone. It's gone. Another man had a great big thing in the middle of his back, big old growth. And just, just like that, it was gone. Cancer healed. Diabetes healed. High blood pressure problem. A stroke. Uh, victims and and all this I mean i've seen it again and again and again. I could tell you case after case after case of people who looked like they were a breath away from dying, given up by the doctors in the final stages of certain deadly terminal diseases that have been alive now for five years, ten years twenty years twenty five years, working healthy, but in every one of those ca- every one of those cases. Fighters. I said fighters. They wouldn't quit. They wouldn't just lay down and die. They wouldn't give up. And they immersed their self, not in people telling them it might not be the will of God. They immersed theirself in the word. Amen. On healing. Amen. I like to call it the law of displacement. You get so full of faith, ain't no room for doubt. Amen. It just, it'll push the doubt out. Get so full of life, the cancer can't stay. The disease can't remain. Get so full of life, so full of healing. It displaces it. How many believe light is greater than darkness? Yes. Life is greater than death. Yes. Healing is, God's healing power is greater than disease, greater than sickness. Well, let's go on today to this, uh, I believe it's the 18th one. The healing of the ten lepers. Recorded in Luke 17. This is the only place this one is recorded. Luke 17. 11. Are you there? Let's pray before we read. Father we thank you for your holy written word. How precious it is to us. At what a great price. It has come to us. And we. We. Thank you for the great, mighty Holy Spirit whom you've sent to indwell us, to be our guide, our teacher, our helper. We yield to him tonight, and we say, teach us. Open our eyes. Show us what we've not understood. Remind us of what you've shown us aforetime, and anything we've let slip, let it get away from us. And thank you for giving us answers to questions, solutions to problems. We say, your word is life to us, and health and medicine to all of our flesh, and by your grace, we'll receive it, believe it, and not be hearers only, but doers of the word. In Jesus' name, amen. Everybody said out loud, I'm a doer. I'm a doer. I'm a doer, I'm a doer. I'm a doer, I'm a doer of the word of God. Luke 17, the eleventh verse, the healing of the ten lepers. And it came to pass, as he, Jesus, went to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said to them, go, show yourselves unto the priests. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. How many believe it happened just that way? This is not a fairy tale. This is a historical account. These men lived. This happened. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back. And with a loud voice glorified God, fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine that are not found that return to give glory to God save this stranger? And he said to him, Arise, go your way, your faith has made you whole. Hallelujah. Don't you like that phrase? Your faith has made you whole. Have we heard that phrase before in our study? Let me just remind you a little bit. We heard Jesus say to the centurion concerning his servant, Go your way. And as you have believed, so be it done to you. We heard him tell the woman with the issue of blood, your faith has made you whole. Amen? Amen? Sounds familiar, doesn't it? We heard him tell the two blind men, according to your faith, be it unto you. We heard him tell the Syrophoenician woman, "O woman, great is your faith, be it unto you. Even as you will. We heard him tell the man with the lunatic son. All things are possible to him that believes. And the man said I believe. Help my unbelief. Is faith a factor? And then we hear again. Your faith. Right here. The one that returned. Your faith. Has made you whole. Now of all the things that. Many theologians would have had Jesus to say, he didn't say. According to their theories and doctrines, they'd have him say, God in his sovereignty has seen fit to heal you. Or because he is the son of God, you've been healed. Or according to his power as the son of God, you've been healed. But Jesus didn't say those things, right? What did he say? Where did he put the emphasis? On their faith. And he didn't just do it once. He did it again and again and again telling them according to your faith. As you believed. Your faith did it. Who said this? Jesus said it. So uh, for people to be shy about that phrase and say, well, you know, God healed them. What well, Jesus said, their faith did it. Well, I know, but don't let's don't say that Jesus said that. Let us so let's say it. Amen. 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 Their faith healed them. Now, see, people don't even like to hear that. They think mm, God healed them. Are you going to argue with Jesus? Do you you've got a better way of saying it? Well, people think they do. Well, yeah, he said that, but you know. Let's be humble. More humble than Jesus? You see, hundreds of years, centuries of error teaching have left us crippled in the faith realm. Men making excuses for why things don't happen. Putting all the responsibility on God. Well, it's just all up to Him. Well, that's not what He said. He said it's according to our faith. Can you feel what I'm talking about? You even, the, you even talk about it and you, you feel, well, let's don't put too much emphasis. Well, let's put the same emphasis on it Jesus put on it. How many think that would be right? Let's don't put less emphasis. Let's don't put more than he put on it, but let's don't put less either. Let's don't add to, let's don't take away from I read you, not, not, not theories and opinions. I read you phrase after phrase after phrase from the scripture where Jesus put the emphasis. He looked at people. He said, if you can believe, it can happen. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. According as you believed, yeah. your faith did it. Yeah. Your faith did it. Yeah. Your faith made you whole. Yeah. Can we still have faith today? Yeah. Well, if their faith made them whole, why couldn't our faith? Make us whole. Our faith in God. Our faith in God as our healer. Said out loud, their faith made them whole. Made them whole. Now say this, my faith will make me whole. My faith will make me whole. You believe that? Yes. The woman with the issue of blood, if her faith would make her whole, if this leper's faith would make him whole, my faith will make me whole. God's no respect for persons. He hasn't changed. His will hasn't changed. Faith hasn't changed. People have changed. People have substituted the traditions of men for the word of God. And popular explanations and beliefs that are not scripture. If Jesus said it's according to your faith, then it's according to your faith. Amen. So let's get to working on our faith. You don't have to work on God's part. He knows how to do his part. Right, And he's faithful to do his part. But you understand why I say that. People have done that for uh, centuries. They work on God. Oh God send the healing. God heal us. Please heal us. If it's your will. And begging and working on God. If we could talk him into healing. Well let's work in on the sending in. There's nothing wrong with the sending in. And people haven't worked on the receiving in. That'd be like me, you know, trying to pick up a radio station in my, in my car, and I can't pick it up. So the first thing I do is call the radio station and say, what's wrong with y'all station? They say, it's not a thing. We're broadcasting 100,000 watts. No, you're not, because I'm not getting it. Huh? Hello. It's all up to y'all. Now, y'all going to send me a signal? Or they say, we're sending a signal 24 hours a day. No, you're not, because I'm not getting it. Well, there's nothing wrong with the sending in. The challenge and the difficulties in the receiving end. Receiving. That's why we're calling this receiving healing and ministering healing. Both sides of it. So let's back up and begin to look at this as we do. Verse at a time. Luke seventeen eleven. It came to pass, as he went to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. So he's traveling, he's going to, his destination is Jerusalem. And he's going through these different towns and villages. And as he entered into a certain village... There met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. So he's not having a meeting. He's not teaching and preaching. He's traveling. Right? And it didn't say it was a big town, it was a village. But these ten men met him and yelled at him from a distance. Other translations say uh, 10 men came toward him and at a distance they they called across to him. They stood afar off it said. Well, the reason they stood afar off is because of their condition, lepers, lepers. Now there are whole chapters in the in the law written about the Diagnosing and dealing with leprosy. There are uh, modern day cases of leprosy. Depending on what you're talking about, it's not all the same thing. What was called leprosy then, what's called leprosy now, there could be big differences in it. We know this for sure. This condition was considered by most terminal a death sentence. And even if not an immediate death sentence physically, it was an immediate death sentence socially. Socially. And the Bible tells you, you can read about it particularly in Leviticus, chapters 13 and 14 and other places. That the priests were taught of God how to identify this dreaded disease. And it involved lesions in the skin, sores. And they were, we'd probably call them malignancies today. I mean, they, they went deep into the tissue and, and it was an awful thing. And some scholars bring out that it was, uh, it had a, uh, a paralyzing and desensitizing effect on the flesh and the muscles, and there are even modern cases of what is called leprosy. One fellow described it. I read some things about it. He said these people in this modern leprosy colony, leper colony, that they would lose, uh, the skin would just slough and decay, and and one of the bigger problems was losing nerve sensitivity and and have a, a limb or a hand or a foot absolutely with no feeling in it. He described cases where people would step off of a step or something and roll, roll their foot and break an ankle and walk on it for days. Couldn't even feel it. People cooking and, and burning their terribly didn't even know it. But suffice to say, it's an awful thing. And how many know not of God? I said not of God. God never put leprosy on anybody. Now judgment come now let me let me make this statement and this will explain some things. God passes judgment that allows the destroyer access, but it never pleases him. And it's never his will. Did you hear me? That's a whole teaching within itself. I'm not going to go into that, I don't think, tonight. I'll repeat the phrase. God passes judgment that allows the destroyer access. Do you, you understand? It's because of God's mercies that we are not consumed already. Amen. That God's the, if God wanted us to be destroyed, all He had to do is Nothing. <laughs> nothing. Not sin Jesus, just leave us alone. We'd all been consumed and destroyed. Now God is looking for ways to protect us and to heal us, to deliver us, but when people make decisions to rebel against Him and sin against Him and won't judge theirself and won't repent, what remains but for them to be judged? Judged of God. And when you're judged of God, it allows the destroyer access and people are destroyed many different ways. But never, get this now, never is it the will of God, right? And people can say, well, I'm blaming God for it. No, the people are to blame, right? For not obeying him, not following him. I'm going to believe it pays to stay just as close to God as you know how. Amen. Obey Him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And if you do mess up, judge yourself. Repent. Get it straight. And then He says, you won't be judged. Well, that's good news. That means the enemy keeps waiting and can't get to you. He's wanting to get to you. Trying to get to you, but can't. Can't. You can keep him waiting for decades. Decades. You can keep him waiting all your life. By staying in the will of God. Staying in faith. Obeying God. Can you say amen? Amen. But leprosy does not please God. Leprosy is not of God. Or any other dread disease. Now, uh, these men, these lepers... We're told in Leviticus 13, uh, well, let me, let me just read some of this to you. Deuteronomy 5, I'll read that first. Deuteronomy 5, 2, don't turn to these. He said, command the children of Israel that they put out of the camp every leper. Deuteronomy 5, 2. Leviticus 13, 45 and 46. Leviticus 13, 45 and 46. He said, the leper in whom the plague is... His clothes will be torn, his head bare. He will put a covering on his upper lip and shall cry, unclean, unclean. See, he's supposed to do that if anybody got close to him. He's supposed to yell to him from a distance, unclean, which means stay away. All the days wherein the plague shall be in him, he shall be defiled, he is unclean, he shall dwell alone without the camp. Shall his habitation be. Not only is he terribly sick. But he's utterly alone. The uh, leprosy. Diagnosis. Ended all of his social life. He can't stay with his family. He can't continue his business. He can't live in his home. How many understand this is not of God. But now think about it. Who said put him out. God did. God did. Now get this. Why? Friend, God loves sick people. But He hates sickness. Did you hear me? He loves people that are diseased, but He hates disease. If I had time and were so inclined, we could take you through the Scriptures. In Deuteronomy and Leviticus and in Numbers and see that he warned them, don't offer him an animal with any sickness in it or disease. In fact, the priest of the day, the preachers, if they had diseases, they were disqualified from serving in the temple. Birth defects, any problems would disqualify them. Somebody says, well, I don't understand that. I mean, a man born that way, God made him that way, why wouldn't he amuse him? Wrong. God didn't make him that way. If he did, he would be unjust, wouldn't he, in refusing to let him serve? Certainly. A lot of these things people had not thought about. It wasn't the man that was unacceptable to God. It was the thing that was in the man's body. These are the words he used. He said, a priest, for instance, that had a disease or deformity in him. He said, he shall not approach into the holy place that he not defile my place. Well, it wasn't the man. He's born of the right heritage. But what's defiling the place? That disease that's in him. Why? Because it's not of God. It's death. We've got enough sense to realize sickness doesn't improve the body. It corrupts the body. Why would God like disease and deformity and sickness? It takes the beautiful human form that he created that's made in his likeness and image and it'll twist it and destroy it and corrupt it and rot it until it barely resembles God anymore. You know any artist? That makes a beautiful painting and somebody comes and pours rust and water and junk on it and is happy with the result? Any sculpture that makes a beautiful sculpture and somebody defiles it and puts junk on it and they're happy with it? No. None of these following sickness and disease after sin and the fall of man is an improvement on God's work. And it doesn't please God. All the suffering, all the agony, all the pain, all the terrible stuff in the earth, is not God's will. It's the result of man's sin and the devil's work. But thank God there's a savior. I said, Thank God there's a savior. Thank God there's a healer. And we're 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 in the world, but we're not of the world. And even in this midst of the curse and all the junk, we can live as an overcomer. And more than a conqueror, through him who loved us and saved us and paid the price for us, Jesus. Is he your healer? Is he your deliverer? You can live free. I said you can live free. I didn't say you'd never have any challenges or trials or tests, but you can overcome. Again and again, you can win. Amen. And receive your healing and and receive your deliverance again and again If you put your faith on it, if you believe him and trust him and not quit. So it's not the the sick one that was unacceptable to God. It was the sickness. Same with sin. How many understand God loves sinners? Doesn't he? But he hates sin. You understand that? And you and I have got to make the differentiation. God loves poor people. But I'm telling you right now, he hates poverty. If he loved poverty, heaven would be full of it. And it ain't. I said, it ain't. And he said, pray thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He didn't have two or three separate wills. He is the Lord. He changes not. So how about you? Do you love sinners? But you hate sin. Is that right? You love sick people? But you hate sickness. Is that right? You say, well, I don't hate such a strong word. I know it. I'm using it advisedly. Hate. Well, we're not supposed to hate. No, we're not supposed to hate people. But there are some things you're supposed to feel very, very strongly about. I tell you what, if, you, if you'd seen some of the things I've seen, you, you'd feel that way. In my years of working with people that were sick and diseased, day in and day out, I remember one time... A couple, young couple brought in this baby. And the poor thing had growths and knots all over its little body. And it just screamed. Couldn't sleep night and day. And the mom and dad looked like they were losing their mind. You know that they would have traded places with the child like that if they could. And, you know, I helped them the best I knew how. And I, I was early in my ministry. And I remember one day going back and sitting down at my desk, and I put my hands down pretty firmly on the desk. I said, "Devil, you've made yourself a lifelong enemy. Anybody that would do this—I mean, no—he is a murderous, lying, thieving—the the worst individual you ever seen is just a little bit like him. I hate him. I don't hate people, but I hate him, and his is coming." I said, His is coming soon. And I don't hate our purpose. I refuse to, no matter what anybody would say or do. We cannot hate people. Amen. But I hate sickness. Yeah. What it does to people, robs people of their children and of their fathers and mothers and husbands and wives, robs them of their money and their uh, ability to enjoy things in God and in life. I hate it. I said, I hate it. I hate sickness. I'm against it. Right? Long as this old boy draws a breath. I'm going to preach the truth. Amen. I'm going to tell anybody that'll listen. Sickness is not of God. You don't have to have it. You can be healed. He paid the price. He took your infirmities. He bore your sicknesses. He carried your pains. You can be healed of anything today. Amen. I'm going to tell everybody that will listen. The devil can't hold you down. He can't keep you sick. He ain't big enough. He's been stripped. He's been brought to naught. He's been put under your feet. Resist him and he'll run away. Jesus said so. Amen. And I tell you, I hate Poverty. I love poor people, but I hate poverty. Poverty is of the devil. Always raking and scraping and never have enough and can't do for your kids and can't do for your folks and can't do have what you should have. It's of the devil. I said, it's of the devil. God's a God of abundance. He's a God of plenty. Amen. Amen. Ask the monkeys in the jungle. Thousands of tons, metric tons of bananas fall off the trees and rot. Too many for the monkeys to eat. Too many. Too many fish in the sea for the other, you know, fish and animals and people to eat. Too many. Too many. God made them all. Don't you believe these lies about, well, it's a shortage of this and shortage of that. Don't you believe it? Don't you believe it? God didn't create a planet that wouldn't sustain the people. There's vast wealth we've never even tapped into. Amen? Amen. Claim some. I said claim some. You know, there's more $100 bills than there are ones. So claim the hundreds. Amen. Amen. And the bigger increments too. Quit messing with the ones and just claim hundreds. Luke 17. 13. They lifted up their voices. They said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. What did they ask for? Mercy. mercy. We've seen this before, haven't we? In, in our studies. Other accounts, people came and asked for mercy. Well, what did they desire? What did these ten lepers desire? Healing. Well, why didn't they just ask for healing? They asked for mercy. What did they get? They got healing, which means healing must be a mercy. Right? A mercy. If it wasn't a mercy, I reckon Jesus would have corrected them or something. Right? Right? Because they asked for mercy and they got healing. And we've seen this repeatedly in the Scriptures. Is healing a mercy? Does God have more than one mercy? Yeah. I'll hold you place here. Go to Second Corinthians real quick. Wonderful Scripture here. Second Corinthians. And the first chapter. And the third verse, 2 Corinthians 1, 3, says, Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, plural, and the God of all comfort. Does God our Father have more than one mercy? Well, then there is forgiving mercy, right? Right? Cleansing mercy. What other kinds of mercy is there? There must be, apparently, obviously, healing mercy. Right? Repeatedly, people asked for mercy, and the Lord didn't say, Well, now, I thought you wanted healing. Healing's what you know. They asked for mercy, they got healing. Said out loud, healing is a mercy. But now, let's get back to this then. People say, uh, "Well, healing's not for everybody." What'd they just get through saying? Not well, no, that wouldn't go over too good, now would it? Is healing a mercy? Yes. How many is mercy for? Mercy. Let me read you a scripture here in the Psalms about this. I, I really like this verse. The scripture said in Psalm eighty-six, five. Lord, you are good. We've been singing about that, haven't we? You are good. You are ready to forgive. Plenteous in mercy. Unto all them that call upon thee. Would that include healing mercy? Well, it have to. Healing is a mercy. We could prove it five different ways. Now get this too. You know... You don't need mercy if you've done everything right. You can get by on justice, right? If you've done everything right. And sometimes people talk about, well, I don't understand. What did I ever do to deserve this? What did I ever do to deserve this? Well, the answer is plenty. Lots. What did I ever do to deserve Well. Have you sinned? Have you come short of the glory of God? Well, the wages of sin is death. So if you and I got what we deserved, we'd be sick and broke and mentally oppressed all our short life and we'd die prematurely and go to hell. If we got what we deserved. So let's not talk about what we deserve. Let's talk about mercy. About how the Lord took mercy. What we deserved. Amen? Amen. So you and I could get what we didn't deserve. How do we get all this? Grace and mercy. But it's still received by faith. I've heard people try to say, Well, you know, well, you know, you reap what you sow. They lived a bad life. They've messed themselves up. Now they got these diseases, you know. They drank till they messed their liver up, and they used drugs and destroyed brain cells, and they did all this stuff, and they've messed themselves up. So you reap what you sow. Not always. Did you hear me? Because you and I sowed sin, right? I ain't going to hell and paying for my sins that I sowed. Why? Cause somebody else reaped them. Did you hear me? Jesus reaped what we sowed if you'll receive it. Amen. Amen. Now some folk need to hear this friend. Yeah but I've messed up my life so bad and I've done this and I've done that. Yeah but don't forget about mercy. Amen. Mercy is when if you get what you deserve you're messed up. But you can ask God for mercy and finances. Anybody ever made mistakes beside me? Spent when you should have saved? Borrowed when you shouldn't have? Did something when you should have done something else? I have. And there's been times I had to go and just put my nose in the carpet and say, Lord, I'm sorry. You tried to talk to me. You But no, I had to get it. And here I messed up. And I can't even blame the devil. He just dangled the carrot and laughed while I messed myself up. And so Lord, you know, I did it. It's not your fault. I did it. And if I reap what I've sown, if I get what I deserve, I'm going to have ten more years of this. Or five more or whatever. But Lord, I'm asking you for mercy. I'm asking you. Oh, how many believe he is rich in mercy. Yes. Unto all them that call on him. What are these ten lepers standing out there for? Now you've got to ask yourself this question. Why are they lepers? Sometimes we don't ask these questions. There's a reason why these men are lepers. I don't know why. But I know that God's people had a covenant of healing. Did you hear me? And a commitment from God. If they'd keep His statutes and obey His commands, He'd take sickness and disease out of the midst of them. Isn't that right? Well, then why are they lepers? I don't know. But it very well could be that they've... I I mean, they might have been thieves. They might have been liars. They might have rebelled against God. They might have been idle worshipers. I don't know what all, but it didn't make any difference. What all? When they stood up and said, Jesus! Have mercy on us. They're not telling him they deserve to be healed. They're not telling him they've done everything right. They're asking for mercy. Everybody say mercy. 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 What they get? They got mercy. They got healing. Healing Mercy, I don't care what kind of rascal any of them been. if they had done dirty deeds, I don't care what it was, how they got that way, didn't make any difference. If it was ignorance, or sin, or rebellion, or whatever it was, God's mercy forgave all, healed all. Is He still that way today? How much more in this New Testament covenant of grace? Is he this way? How much more should every child of God be healed no matter why they are the way they are? Yeah. Of anything. Yeah, but Brother Keith, they have AIDS. And they were doing this and they were doing that and they were doing drugs and wrong lifestyle. So? So? Well, they were robbing the bank and got shot. So? The Bible said Jesus came to die for sinners. And they qualify. Everybody say mercy. Mercy! Mercy! Mercy. Mercy. The thing that holds people out is they, the devil comes and says, you've been too bad. Don't you even think about God and heal you. Don't you even ask Him. You don't deserve anything. You don't, you've messed yourself up. You've lied. You've stolen. How are you going to qualify? Why would God bless you? Mercy. 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 He is a merciful God. I tell you what, time after time, when I put my nose in the carpet did what I just told you, Lord, have mercy on me. He bailed me out. Amen. He bailed me out. I got behind on my taxes one time. Dumb. We'd never made any money. Never had anything. And began to make some and begin to increase. So we just spent it. <laughs> Dumb. Thank God this was a few years ago. But I got behind to the tune of like $13,000. Which was a lot to us right then. And that's what I had to do. I just had to put my nose in the carpet and said, God, dumb, dumb. We were just dumb. The psalmist said fools. <laughs> because of their iniquities and transgressions are afflicted. I said, Lord... I need help though. Have mercy on me. The Lord dealt with a man. I didn't go, I didn't go telling any sob stories. You don't have to. I told the Lord. Amen. Amen. I didn't get up in any service and, and say, Can you help me? Please. Can, can you help this preacher? No. Thank God didn't, didn't do that. Uh. Now, if somebody does, don't judge them. Okay? Don't judge them. Show mercy. <laughs> and uh, a man that I hadn't met but just a time or two, I was uh, visiting with him on something. And he told me he, he had had some tax challenges. And he, he had more money than me. And uh, I said, well... I understand that. He said, I've had some of my own. And that's all I said. This was like at a meal. Later on that same evening, he said, God dealt with him all afternoon. He said, how much do you owe the IRS? <laughs> I said, well, why do you need to know? He said, I need to know. God's dealt with me about something. I told him. He didn't blink an eye. He said, well, I'll send you a $1,000 every month till it's paid. talking about building orphanages? We're not talking about buying TV equipment for the church. This is Keith and Phyllis being dumb. <laughs> Everybody say mercy. mercy. Now folks say, well, you were dumb and you made your bed hard so you got to lie in it. No thank you. You can believe that if you want to. But I believe in mercy. mercy mercy. I tell you what, every month in the mail, every month in the mail, thousand dollars, thousand. Of course, we took it right straight and sent it to the IRS. And that thing was paid for. God's merciful. Even if you do dumb stuff. Now, you keep doing dumb stuff and you come back and ask for mercy. He's going to want to say, hey, come on, come here. (laughs) Sit down right here. Now, how come you had not listened to me? This is like the fourth time in the same area. If I had to be, you understand? God will want to talk to you. Why aren't you listening? Why haven't you made changes? And if you just are hard-headed and just rely on mercy to be disobedient and rebellious, that's going to catch up with you. That's going to cost you. But if you're sincere and willing to obey God and follow Him and listen, He will bail you out time and again. Amen? And even if you've sinned and messed up your body with a wrong lifestyle, he will heal you. Even if you've been rebellious and ran from God and did stupid stuff, he will heal you. He will heal you. I know of a man, good friend of mine, a little, little older than me, and back in the late 60s and early 70s, I think he tried every drug that there was. And he was flying all the time. This was before I knew him, but he got to Jesus. But by the time he did, I mean he was—he had fried brain cells. I mean it it was pitiful. I mean his his best response to most things was, "Cool man, right on." I mean he—he's—he's floating. He's—he's not fully there. You understand what I'm talking about? It wasn't funny. I mean he was—he had fried brain cells. Got in the word. Begin to speak over himself. Now he's pastor of a large, successful church. Yeah. Articulate. Sharp. I reckon God just recreated some cells. I don't know what he did, but he fixed it. Yeah. And he's the one that fried him with LSD and heroin and every other crazy thing. Everybody say mercy. 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 God has mercy on child molesters. God has mercy on rapists. Some of so I don't know that I would. Well, we ain't talking about you. I'm glad you ain't God. God will forgive any such things. And much, much worse if people would genuinely come to Him and repent. And ask Him to forgive them. Not only that, but He'll restore to them the joy of their salvation. Amen. Amen. And use them. I said use them. Yes, well, I wouldn't use them. Well, you ain't God. Amen. He knows people's hearts. Hallelujah. They asked for mercy. What they get? They got healing. Healing is... A mercy. Does the Lord still have mercy today? He said, go show yourself to the priests. Go show you to the priests. Now, you'd have to read Leviticus 13 and 14 and know these things, the significance of what he's telling them. What did he tell them to do? Go show yourself to the priest. Now, Leviticus 14, in fact, if you want to just flip over there, well, no, don't. We could spend a long time there. He gives them instructions, and it all starts out by if the leper is healed. He's he's outside in the wilderness, maybe been living there a long time, and he comes up to the wall of the city, and he cries out to the watchman, and he says, would you send a priest? To examine me. Why? Jehovah has healed me. Well, now they know if He's healed, it's a miracle. But they believe in miracles. And so the Lord gave detailed instructions. Read read about it sometime. Leviticus 13 and 14. About those two chapters. About what they were to look for. Look at the skin. Look at the hair in the skin. Sometimes they shut them up for several days. Quarantined. And you know, this is interesting because this is way before anybody knew about germs. Did you hear me? Of course, God already knew. Quarantine, why would they do that? Well, because he taught, it's the only reason He told them to. And uh, then if He was cleansed and healed, then the priest would offer sacrifice for Him. Beautiful type of Jesus in that sacrifice. And he would pronounce the man clean. They'd shave his head and shave his whole body. And he can be reintroduced to society. He can go home. Amen. Back to his family. He can own run his business. He's back in society. But it's a miracle. But there's only one reason you go to the priest. You've been healed. And what does he tell these ten lepers that are yelling at a distance? Crying out, Lord Jesus, have mercy on us. And he, I guess he probably had to yell back to them because they're at a distance. Go to the priest and show yourself to them. Here's the big question. Why? (laughs) Why would you do that? You don't want to do it if you're not healed. Because some of these guys, you understand who some of the priests are? They're some of the ones that killed Jesus. And you could be stoned. Being at the wrong place at the wrong time caused them to be unclean before they go to the temple. I mean, you, you could have be been in a lot of trouble. There's only one reason you should go, and that's because you're healed, and at that moment, there is not healing manifest in their body, because we read just a minute later, it happens later. Right in their body. Oh, friend, you can see faith here, can't you? What kind of healing is it? We talked about spirit-initiated healings and faith-initiated healings. There is no doubt. This is a faith-initiated healing. They came to him. They asked him for help. Amen. They must have believed something could happen or they wouldn't have come to him. They must have believed or they wouldn't have asked. He gave them instructions. They obeyed the instructions. Faith obeys. Faith acts on the word. Amen. This was not spirit initiated. This is faith initiated healing. These lepers initiated their own healing. Didn't they? Jesus is not having a meeting. The Holy Ghost didn't send Jesus out to them. They found, they heard he was passing through and they, it wasn't safe for them to do this, but they went out there. Maybe it's why 10 of them together. (laughs) that's <laughs> strength in numbers and they yelled and hollered till Jesus heard them they didn't want to get too close but they yelled and hollered and they pled for mercy that's faith faith makes you do that you believe you can be healed so you make the effort you get out there cry and call he said go show yourself to the priest why they could have looked at their bodies and there's no change See, here's the big question about receiving healing by faith. When are you going to believe you're healed? When? That's the big deal. The big question. There's no need for them to go to the priest unless they're healed. But Jesus says, go show yourself to the priest. That's what they do. They didn't try to reason it out. Right? Right? They didn't walk beside sight. They just turned around and headed that way. When did they get healed? When? Not as they stood there and reasoned. Not as they stood there and questioned. Well, Jesus, why should we go to the priest? We're not healed. That's how you stay sick. You understand, even people that believe in healing... So many times, go to meeting after meeting, prayer line after prayer line, turn in prayer request after prayer, y'all y'all keep praying, y'all keep praying. Well, well, when are we going to believe we're healed? When? Well, so many times people, they're not acknowledging it, but they're not going to believe they're healed until they see healing in their body and feel healing in their body until the doctor gives them a good report. And then they go, okay, great, it happened. Well, then there was no faith involved at all. If you wait to believe you're healed till you see you're healed, it's too late for faith. Abraham, the God of Abraham, Romans 4.17 says, calls those things that be not as though they were. Amen? Amen? So what were they doing by their actions? Were they not calling their bodies healed? Were they not acting like this is our day of cleansing? Even though the leprosy is still there, the lesions are still there, the paralysis and the insensitivity is all still there. They might be dragging a foot along. They might be, you know, having bandages to hold their skin on that kind of. But they said, "This is it. This is our healing day." They didn't sit up there and cry. Well, Lord, if you'll heal us, then we can go. If you'll, if you'll touch us, and He, he didn't touch them. How many believe there's healing in the Word? There's healing in the words of the Lord. Go show yourself to the priest. Well now, what are you going to do? You're either going to argue and fuss and talk about what you still feel and talk about the test or you're going to say this is it. I'm healed. Before you see it, before you feel it one minister said a lady looked at him and said, well now I not going to say I've got something I can't feel well then you're going to do without you got to believe that you're saved no matter what you feel right you got to believe he's washed your sins away no matter what you feel we're saved by grace through faith and you got to believe you're healed even though the pain is there the problems are there the tests are there when are you going to believe you're healed when there's got to be a point where before you see and feel, you say, this is it. God's heard my prayer. I believe I've received. Not I feel it. Not I see it. I believe. I take it. Yeah. And so it's mine. I call my body healed. And so he went. They, they started down the road to present themselves for examination. With their sores and their lesions and dragging their dead foot. Where are you going, lepers? Going to the priest. So he can examine us and put us back here. You better not go to the priest. We're going to the priest. Why? Jesus said go. So here we go. Why go? You ain't healed. If Jesus says go, go. What happened? As, as they went, as they obeyed, acting like they were cleansed, Acting like they had a right to go see the priest. Acting like it was done. Changes started happening in their body. After they started acting on the word. Faith is an act. Faithful that works is dead, you know, the Bible said. Acting on the word. The, the, the pain began to go away. Skin began to change. Could feel that foot for the first time in three years. Oh, don't you imagine there would begin to be some praising on that road. Oh, Hey, hey, my side is changed." And another guy said, "My foot is changed." Another guy said, "My head is clean, it's clean. there's no scab there anymore." And the Another guy said, "Oh man, I can feel my hand. I can feel my hand." As they went, they were healed. So they were able, by the time they got to the priest, how many times I've seen that? The Lord told us, start a church in Branson. We didn't look like a church. We didn't feel like a church. Where's the money? We couldn't see it. We couldn't feel it. But as we went. As you go. Everybody say, as you go. As you go. As you go. As you go. So, these guys showed up. To the priest, he was able to examine them. He was able to pronounce them clean. These men were reinstated to society. One of them, one, come a running back to Jesus. Hallelujah. He came a running back. The Bible said as they went, they were cleansed. They were cured. And one of them, verse 15, when he saw that he was healed, he turned back And with a loud voice, one says at the top of his voice, he wasn't quiet about it. He glorified God. He fell down on his face at his feet. He's not too proud, is he? Giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. Now, the Samaritans were despised by the Jews that lived by them in in, in those days. Jesus... Answering said, were there not ten cleansed? Well, now how did he know there were ten cleansed? This says, well, he knows all things. No, he's not operating in omniscience as God. The Bible said he laid aside his mighty weight and power and glory. He could have known by the word of knowledge, but I submit to you something else. I believe Jesus was a faith man. Walked by faith. Amen. He very well, he very well could have known. Supernaturally. Well, so he's the son of God. He knew everything. No, go back and study the scriptures. Yes, he was the son of God. But the Bible says he emptied himself. He asked people questions many times. There are times it said he knew. But how did he know? Well, the Holy Ghost can cause you to know something too. And of course, he walked in a higher degree of it than most people. He, he had all the, uh, the anointings combined. He was the whole body of Christ on the earth in one man. Amen. The Bible said he had the spirit without measure. So he was likely higher developed than you would be. In that But suffice it to say, he's not operating as God. He's not operating. People preach that way. You know, Jesus, he, he cleansed the lepers. He raised the dead. Why? Because he's God. He walked on the water. Why? Because he's God. He is God. That's not how he did it. Did you hear me? He did all those things as a man. A man. And so here, were not ten cleansed, he very well could have known, supernaturally, known it. But at the same time, ministers take note of this. I I do this. If I minister to twelve people, or a hundred people, or a thousand, there's been times when I've laid hands on people for four hours in a row. I don't know how many people there were. And I don't know their hearts. But I know this, as far as I'm concerned, they're healed. If I hear from them, or if I don't hear back from them, as far as I'm concerned, they're healed. Amen? I believe healing was ministered to them. I believe they received. Now, I know they have a part to play in it, but unless they prove to me they didn't receive, I'm expecting. Amen? That's the way you should be. Anytime you pray, anytime you believe. He said, uh, were there not ten? There's not found that return to give glory to God, except a stranger, this foreigner. One translation says, one of another race. You know, what an indictment. That the covenant people that had so much to be thankful for were the least grateful. And here a foreigner and a stranger is the most thankful. We must not become jaded as Christians. To all the good things God is doing for us, we must cultivate thanksgiving every day. Stir it up. I mean, the Bible just reiterates this over and over again. It talks about in 1 Thessalonians 5, 18, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. The Bible said, Let us offer up the sacrifice of praise to God continually, that is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to His name. And when the conversation lulls, when you don't know what to say, say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. It ought to be coming out of your mouth all the time. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God does something great for you, give thanks. Don't don't hide it. Well, we just, why, why were those nine, why didn't they come back? Why weren't they thankful? You know, I've seen this. I've seen God bail people out. I've seen God heal people. And then them turn around and go, well, it, it went into remission. Well, yeah, that happens when you get healed. Well, no, you know, I guess, you know, this happens sometimes. And don't want to give God the glory. Well, yeah, I forgot about that other thing, you know, and that man owed me money and he came and paid me and I was able to do it. Yeah. That's not a reason to give God thanks. Thanks. Well, you know, this job came up, and I was able to get it, and, and I, I made money and I got paid, so I mean i I earned the money i i I don't get your point. No. You ought to be thanking God. Amen. Is that right? Yeah. But you see what I'm saying? People rationalize and they reason away, and they don't give God the glory. They act like it would have just happened some way, anyhow, no, no. No, I'm telling you, this old boy is not that stupid. I know when something turns out right for Keith, God is helping Keith out. Amen. And I want God to keep helping Keith out. So I'm going to give him the glory. I'm going to give him thanks. Amen. I mean, let the Lord know and tell other people what God did for you. And he, I mean, this man stood up with a loud voice. Amen. Jesus, help me. Oh, he's one of those. Yes, he is. One of those healed lepers. (laughs) Jesus saved me from losing my house. Jesus saved me. He saved me. Oh, it's one of those. Goes over to that faith church, I bet. That's right. One of those that still got his house. You you watch this now. You're not ashamed to give God the glory, you're not ashamed to praise God, He won't be ashamed to step in for you, move for you, change things for you, heal you, deliver you. He said it, didn't he? If you're ashamed of me and my words before men, I'll be ashamed of you before the Father. He said he said those words. I'm not ashamed of him. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of healing. I'm not ashamed of faith. I'm not ashamed of prosperity. Amen. 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 I'll tell anybody. I won't whisper. I'm not ashamed. Y'all believe in that healing. Yes we do. Yes. Y'all believe God still does miracles. Oh. We believe it and we know it. We believe it and we experience it. Y'all speak in tongues. Yeah you want to hear We don't know about all that. Yeah, but we do. And we give God the glory. And we give Him all the praise. Amen. I'm telling you, it's those who are bold to act on the Word who get miracles. Those are who it is. He looked at the man. He said, Arise. Get up and go on your way, William says. Your faith has brought you recovery. Your faith has made you whole. Is it still happening today that people's faith can make them whole? This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.